0: Welcome to the Sergio De La Mora Leadership Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Abe Camacho, and you are listening, as you know, to the Sergio De La Mora Leadership Podcast. And today we have Pastor Sergio. Pastor Sergio, how are
1: you doing? I'm doing really great. It's great to be with you, Abe. And it's great to be able to talk about leadership because the truth is, it is true. Everything rises and falls on leadership.
0: That's right. And and you, for the past week, you've been traveling, you've been doing some uh, uh, speaking engagements on your book, Paradox. You've been in South America, you've been all over the place. Can you share with everyone a little bit about what your week looked like, where you were and what what, some of the things that you were up to this week?
1: Yeah. So recently I did a Latin American uh, book tour, which was incredible. I had the privilege to speak in Ecuador in two different cities, in Cuenca, Ecuador. And then we went to Colombia. We went to Bogota, Colombia. And then we went to Cali, Colombia. And then we went to Guatemala. And then I went to, uh, from Guatemala, I went to Miami. And Miami went to Hawaii to be at a conference with our pastor. And now I am back in beautiful, beautiful, San Diego,
0: I love it. There's no place like home and we and we're spoiled we're in San Diego America's finest city And I mean, it's really cool to see, you know, you going out even in South America and we've been talking about it I feel like there's a Spanish podcast coming pretty soon Para toda nuestra familia hispana oh, Te digo, ya viene so <laughs> Anyways, uh, we want to jump right in and thank everyone that has been listening to us for the past few weeks. We, we, we appreciate you so much that you would just break away for a few minutes to uh, feed yourself and equip yourself so that you can become the leader that you've called to be so we are we don't take that for granted we thank you and we've loved uh, we've been loving to connect with you in our social medias and our emails you can find us there so we want to thank you and today we're gonna jump right in and as Pastor said it we're, we're talking about leadership that's what this whole podcast is all about and we want to talk about something that a lot a lot of people like to shy away from but not here we we love to talk about the things the the raw and the real because we want to help you we know that you're leading in your setting, and you need practical advice, practical principles that you can apply. That's why today we want to talk about the topic when leading gets difficult. And that is the truth. In leadership, when you're dealing with people, doesn't matter if it's at a church, an organization, in your family, with your circle of influence, leading is going to get difficult so Pastor Sergio can you kind of um, share with us what, what does that mean what when when we say that leading can be difficult what 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 does that look like
1: well the truth is any leader who's led any amount of time knows how difficult leadership is and if you read the Bible you'll see that even Jesus dealt with the difficulty of leadership in fact he makes a statement in mark chapter 9 verse 19. He says to the disciples, how long must I put up with you? I mean, think about this as God saying through Jesus to the disciples, how long must I put up with you? Because obviously there was leadership tension in the life of Jesus. I like that about Christ, that he shows his humanity and the raw and the real of leadership because it's, it's not easy and leadership is difficult at times. And so I want to talk about this because, you know, if you're leading, whether you're leading a business, whether you're leaving your own nonprofit, you're leading at a church, you're a senior leader at the church, or you're a leader in the church who's rising and wants to see greater fruitfulness. One of the realities is you're going to have to deal with is that it's going to be difficult. And the reason why it's difficult is because, well, you have to lead people at times who are difficult to lead. And that's what makes it difficult is difficult people. If you think about Jesus's statement, when he said, how long must I put up with you? He was talking specifically about the people he was leading. Yeah. So oftentimes leading is difficult because people are difficult. Think about this. Thomas was difficult because he was the doubter. And sometimes you're called to lead those that are like Thomas. They're doubters. It doesn't matter how much faith you have when you walk into the room There's always a Thomas in the room, and the Thomases make leadership difficult because they struggle to believe. But then also, it's difficult because you have to lead the Marys. The Marys are the overworkers, and they just want to work. They just want to work, and they work through people, walk over people, and it's difficult because those are the ones you have to say, be sensitive, slow down, get the big picture. It's more about Jesus, not about the work for Jesus. But then at times you have to lead those that are called the Peters. And the Peters are the ones that are stumbling. They stumble with their words. They stumble with their commitments. They stumble with making big statements. And sometimes Jesus had to say, well, even to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter stumbles with his words. And he and he says he speaks bigger than he's living. And sometimes you're going to have to lead people that just stumble. They deny you. They deny God. They deny ever being, you know, the person that they're supposed to be, and they run from the responsibility like Peter did, and they stumble. And sometimes you have to lead the Judases and they just straight out betray you, yeah. and they're difficult because you don't know what their intentions are. You know, and that's the reason why, you know, if you stu- when we study the Bible, it's clear that leadership is difficult, and sometimes it's difficult because people are difficult. There's a story in the book of 3 John, 3 John, verse 9 through 12. There are two people mentioned. No one preaches about these two guys, but they're in the Bible. The first one's name is Diotrephes, and the second person's name is Demetrius. You are either a a Diotrephes or a Demetrius, and these are difficult people. Well, one of them was very difficult but the other wasn't so difficult. The in third John verse nine says he was difficult to lead because he loves to be first and he wants preeminence in the church. So he was the one that was saying to the apostle John, we don't need you here. I've got it. You know, he never called apostle John for advice or never reached out to him. He never was the one who, who looked for help from the leader above him. Because always felt like no one was above him. Have you ever led someone like that? They're in your line of leadership and you're looking for them to look up to you for leadership. Look up to you for answers. But they're the one leader who feels like they're always right. They always need to be first. They got this. They don't need your advice. They don't need your mentoring or wisdom. And yet you're looking at them and realizing you have no idea how difficult it is to lead you. Well, John had one of them. His name was Diotrephes, but you know, what's great, Abe is that three verses after there was a guy in the Bible called Demetrius. And what the Bible says about him is that he, John said, is he who is well loved by all. And so I want to talk to people about this because the truth is you're either going to be a Diotrephes, a difficult person to lead in the church Or you're going to be a Demetrius, a person that people love in the church that you love as well.
0: That's right. By the way, these are great names if you're about to have a kid, Diotrephes. I'm telling you, that's original. Mm -hmm. And I I want to focus on that one for a little bit, Diotrephes, because as speaking to leaders, I'm sure there's somebody who's struggling right now or facing a person in their small group environment, in their ministry, maybe they're serving as ministry heads, maybe they're pastors of a church, where there's this diatrophies, this person who, because of maybe their experience in the past, other churches, uh, maybe they want to transfer the influence they have other places of business or at home, they come to church, they come into ministry and they have that personality that they like to establish themselves and they're very strong in who they are, but they are not, they have not been the person that has been established by the lead to be that person. How can we encourage a leader, you know, beyond being kind, beyond loving, beyond being a Christian, what are some things that that we can say to encourage a leader uh, to position themselves in their place as a leader, how does someone lead with a diatrophies when, when a person like that is it's in your midst?
1: You know, that's a really good question, eh? because the truth is there are more diatrophies than we think. Yeah. One, there are three things that I've learned about leading the diatrophies of the church that are in the church that come from other churches or they're within the church and they feel like, well, I have more enlightenment than even my leader. I'm further along than my leader. You know, why am I not, why am I not recognized for my past experience? Number one, if you're leading a deatrophies, this is the three things I'll share with you. Number one, always make the world bigger than their world mm. because most diotrophies are number one because they're in their world and oftentimes their world um, they 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 have nothing to compare it to so constantly remind people how large of the world they're in in other words that statement that we use often is recognize that the part that, that that you're part of something bigger than the part that you're playing yeah that what you're part of is much bigger than the part that you play so whenever i'm challenged with having a leadership I just remind them how big the world is, how big the world that they're, that they get to be in is how big the world, the ministry world that we've invited them to be part of. Mm-hmm. And that's important because everyone needs context. Yep. So without context, then people stay in confusion but context really clears up people's confusion about who they are and where they stand in the organization. So someone comes from another church, another organization, and, and they feel like they have the right to lead. I, we have a core value, and then we say, you know, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. So it's the value of personal relationship. So not only do I want to make remind them that that the world that they're part of is much bigger than the part that they're playing, but their part can get larger because the world that they're in is larger. But number two, I would want to remind them that Diotrephes. the truth is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah, we don't. It's great to know that you have you've been educated or maybe you have ministry experience and that's valuable to the kingdom. But the truth is people really don't care how much we know till they first know how much we care. And that was the problem with Diotrephes. People just said, you you want to be first, And you may have the right to be first, but if people don't like you, what good is it? And the third thing that I would say to people is not only make your world big, not only remind them that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And this is probably by far the most important thing is that I tell them this, that God is never early and God is never late. God is always on time. So people come in, they're like, you know, you either use me or lose me. And I tell people all the time when they tell me that, I say, well, we're probably going to have to lose you because, you know, if you think that God wants to use you on your timetable, I don't know if you've read scripture clearly. Moses obviously wanted to be used on his timetable, you know, in Egypt. And God had to remind him, well, Moses, it's going to take 40 years for you to learn the lesson that I'm never early and I'm never late. So I like that about God. So I would say to a Diotrephes, hey, remember this, the world is much bigger than you think. And the part that you play is great, but what you're part of is much bigger than the part that you're playing. And number two, I would tell them, Diotrephes, remember, people don't care how much you know. They want to know. People don't care how much you know. They want to know how much you care. And of course, the third one is that Diotrephes, God is never late and God is always on time. And so uh, he's never early and he's never late. So if you're wondering when your time is going to happen to lead, it's going to happen at the right time. And so that's one of the ways. Those are three things I would say to handle the diatrophies.
0: that's That's very good. Because I think as leaders, we can very easily identify the diatrophies, but it's not enough to point it out. It's to help them out. Your call as a leader is not to just close the door on these people if they've been brought into your ministry, your team. It's for a reason, because you've been entrusted by God to be able to uh, love these people into, um, hopefully, uh, a new beginning in their life and in their ministry, which is incredible what you just gave us, Pastor. And and, and my next question is this. uh, We've been speaking to leaders right now. People that are established in a, in a role in their church, in their company, in their leading, they're already established there. But I'm talking to somebody now that I would call them like in the middle right now. This, this is an up-and-coming leader, someone that's been um, at church for a few years. They, they've they already jumped into the process of discipleship. They might already be part of a small group. And I believe that one of the biggest things that keeps uh christians back from stepping into their leadership is the lack of self-awareness maybe man they have such a great capacity but something happened in their past that is not allowing themselves to see themselves for how god sees them or maybe they see themselves beyond where they actually are so self-awareness is key now what i've seen is that there are people that come and they bring difficulty into ministers in the church but they don't do it on purpose they don't even know that they're bringing in this difficulty and and they think well it's it, nobody understands me nobody gets me it's somewhat of the diatrophies but it's a little different um, what i'm asking you pastors for anyone who is listening we want to make sure that we are not the weak uh, link in this chain so how how can we assess our lives how do we we position ourselves for promotion how do we position ourselves as a follower as a disciple into leadership. We're saying we're, we don't want to be the difficult person. We don't want to be the difficult sheep. We don't want to be the difficult leader. We want to position ourselves to say, I can be trusted by God, be trusted by my leader. What are some steps or things that I could do right now to position myself, uh, to be promoted into my next level?
1: That's a great question because not everyone is a diatrophies, Mm -hmm. even though their characteristics could be of a diatrophies. So This is a verse that um, I would share with people. Acts chapter 19, the story of the seven sons of Sceva. They were, um, the, the priests were laying hands on people and to exercise demons out of people. And then all of a sudden a demon spoke and said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but who are you? And then the Bible says that that evil spirit that was on that person leaped on them and they ran out naked ashamed and embarrassed Mm. and this is a principle if you don't know who you are somebody else will tell you who you are and the wrong person might tell you who you are and you might end up being embarrassed because you didn't know who you are Mm. that's right and that's the reason why um when a when a person is in leadership and and they want to grow but they're not being understood usually it's because. They're not clear on their identity. And so what they're thinking is, I need the position and the title to give me a sense of importance, worth, and value. Mm. So here is a a great indicator that you need to get to know who you are. Because if if you need a position to define you, if you need a title to define you, then your motive is wrong. Mm. Because... Uh, You don't find the title. The title finds you. Mm -hmm. You don't look for the position. The position looks for you. But the moment a leader becomes hungry for the position and the title, more than developing the identity that they're going to need, the leadership capacity that they're going to need for the title, then there's a train wreck about to happen. The seven sons of Skiva, they wanted the title, the influence, that Jesus had Paul had because they saw Paul do it. Mm. And so they said, we want to do what Paul's doing. So they're doing it until finally someone pulls their covers and says, Jesus, I know Paul, I know, but who are you? And so the Bible says that they left embarrassed because the evil spirit jumped on them. But this is the point. If you don't know who you are, then you're going to wait for a title to tell you a position to tell you, another person to tell you if you have the wrong people around you and they're telling you things like you should be next it's wrong that you're being led by that person they don't get it see if, if they understood leadership they would see that you should be the one leading then what's going to happen is you're going to have the wrong voice in your ear and you're going to go out to do things that you haven't been deputized or authorized to do yet mm-hmm. so if you settle who you are and you listen to the right voice and how, you know, it's the right voice because the, the right voice is always going to ask you to check your motive. Yeah. The right voice is always going to ask you, are you doing this to glorify God? Or are you doing this to fill an empty space in your heart? The right voice is always going to ask you to seek first the character of the position before you seek the position. The hardest thing to do, you guys, is to get a position and then have to hurry it up and work on your character to match the position. All of us know what that's like. We've all been led by someone whose character doesn't match the position Mm -hmm. and the difficulty of that. But all of us, I'm sure, have also known the joy of being led by someone whose character matches their role. And the Bible, well, the Bible makes it clear that when when you're being led by someone like that people flourish under you. People welcome you. It's like um, the Bible talks about Demetrius. The difference with Demetrius is the Bible says Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, even by the truth itself. So what does that mean? That that the that Demetrius worked lived in truth and everyone spoke well of him mm-hmm. because he knew who he was. And so the key is, if you don't know who you are, You have to get to know who you are in Christ, get to know who you are as a leader. You have to become self-aware because two things happen when you're not self-aware. You can inflate the image of yourself Mm, and hurt yourself because you see yourself further along than people see you and actually further along than God sees you. You may be inspired by uh, the aspiration to become this person, Mm. but it doesn't mean you become them. So sometimes what happens, we hurt ourselves by getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. The other way we hurt ourselves is by not believing in ourselves, Right. not believing in what people say about us, mm. because both are wrong. Both will hurt you. Both create crisis and it becomes difficult. Yeah. That's the difficult part of leadership is that sometimes you have to lead people who have an inflated view of themselves and you don't want to... Bruise them. You you don't want to you know break their will. You you want to you don't want to break their spirit. Mm-hmm. But what you want to do is shape their character. Right. And equally, which is difficult to lead, is not you know, one person that has an inflated view of themselves, but the other person who has a deflated view of themselves. Yes. That you know you you pump them up, and as much as you pump them up, my goodness, the air comes out fast. Yeah. So next week you're pumping them up again next week. And, and the truth is sometimes you have to do that with people.
2: Yeah.
1: Sometimes you have to realize that leading is difficult and it gets difficult because you have to deal with difficult people. And some people have an inflated view of themselves and you don't want them to lose vision. You just want to shape their character. Other people. They lack vision of themselves. They lack vision of what God wants to do. And those people, you've got to keep inspiring them. So that's what makes leadership difficult is that you're either, you know, shaping the character of somebody, stay away from pride, or you're shaping the character of someone who needs to see their value in Christ.
0: That's incredible. And it's true. So if you want to be a leader, you know, Pastor Serge always tells us, be careful what you pray for because it might just happen. When you sign up for leadership, you're signing up to be not just a leader in church, but a cheerleader, a doctor, a, you know, a personal psychologist, coach, everything, a babysitter every yeah. once in a while. So, you know, leaders, if this, is a, this is a life calling. This is not something we do during services. We do this from the morning till the evening. And it's so true, Pastor, that we have to know who we are. Or, or if not, we run the risk of playing the game of comparison. And when we play the game of comparison as Christians, we could become so impressed with someone else's life that we can come be, become embarrassed of our own life. So it's very it's very real to, to get that self-awareness on lockdown. And, Pastor, uh, last question. We can just jump into this one. We've talked about the relationship between the leader and the disciple, the disciple and the leader. But I want to talk about sideways. Because uh, there's not only difficulty between the relationship of the leader and the team member, but also between team members and and the peers. Uh, Here at Cornerstone, we're a multi-generational church. We have baby boomers and Gen Xers and millennials and post-millennials and everything in between. So we don't have ministries where it's just one generation working with uh, with people their age. It's, it's all generations working together to advance the kingdom. That's what we believe in. But when that happens, sometimes people struggle to work with people that are not like them for that same reason, because it's hard to work people that are different when you don't have the kingdom mindset. So here, at cornerstone one of our core values says we honor the past while we remain ferociously loyal to the future that's why at every ministry we want to see the grandparents and the grandkids working together in our greeting ministry you have uh young um, high school members and you have parents with their children serving so how do we help uh just uh conquer those difficulties that come with the multi-generational dynamic of a ministry how how can we begin to say you know what let's get past through these difficulties i'm a leader I need to be able, because if I'm going to build a church of tomorrow, I need to be able to work with the next generation. So how, how do we bridge the gap between generations in the ministry?
1: That's a great question. I'm going to start by saying this, just because you have leadership backlash and leadership conflict with other leaders doesn't mean you're in the wrong church and it doesn't mean something's wrong. Yeah. Sometimes those are just growing pains and when you see that leadership conflict is the sign that something wants to grow but something's out of order and in the bible it paul addressed two leaders and called them out by name and told them to get along so if you're having problems in your church welcome to the new testament church if you're having problems with leaders Welcome to the New Testament Church. I mean, no one ever preaches about these people in the Bible, yeah. like Diotrephes and Demetrius. We're doing it here. We're doing podcast, it here. We're just bringing right. biblical insight <laughs> to this thing. Yes, people. When you read the one your Bible, you get all these names, yes. and you realize, well, this really happened. So, Philippians chapter four, verse two. Listen to this. I hope I get their names right. Paul is speaking to the church of. He's writing to the church of Philippi, and he says, "I plead with Eutychia." And I plead with Syntek to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, loyal, yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Let me read this again. Paul is saying, my dear brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, that." That is how you should stand firm in the Lord dear friends that's verse 1 so you can hear Paul pleading dear friends and verse 2 he says now i i plead with yodia iodia and i plead with syntech syntech to agree with each other in the lord yes i ask you help these women women who have contended at my side paul isn't just calling these women out He's calling them out in the Bible. So in heaven, when you meet Yodia and Syntex, I hope I'm saying their names right. He is calling them out and saying, yo, ladies, you helped me in the gospel. I need you to get along. And then he even throws in Clement, Jesus. He's he's now going after Clement and says, and the rest of you fellow workers. And then he says, whose names are in the book of, of life. Wow. Okay, let me give you context right here. If you're working with leaders that are beside you and they irritate you and frustrate you, just remember they have the same position mm. in heaven yep. that you have. Wow. Just remember that. That as much as you clash in personality, just know you both have the same position. Your names are written in the book of life. So Paul Brings the equalizer to the thing. He says, I know you're not getting along with with each other here on earth, but just remember your names are in the book of life. So what does he want us to see? Okay, I'm going to give you three things that I think he wants you to see. Number one, your problem is not bigger than the place that you're ultimately going to. Mm -hmm. The problem that you have right now is not as big as the place that you're going to. So he says, your name is written in the book of life. What's he mean? It means you're going to heaven. It's much bigger. You guys, this problem that you're dealing with, what you're part of is much bigger than this problem. And the place that you're ultimately going to is much bigger. So what does he do? Scale it down. Have context. Context is the word, people. If you don't have the wrong, right context, then what'll end up happening? You won't have the right conduct. But when you have the right context, it always leads to the right conduct. So if you're leading with people, just remember the place that you're going is bigger than the situation and the situation circumstance that you're dealing with and the problem you're dealing with. Number two, here's the other thing is, is that I tell people this, give people the grace today that one day you're going to need tomorrow. Yeah. Just remember that people have bad days. People come in and they're off kilter. People can come in. They had a bad weekend and sometimes they're not on point. So this is what I've learned to tell people. Give the people next to you grace today for the grace that you might need tomorrow mm. because what that does is it reminds you they're having a bad day. You're having a good day. You may be the one who's having a bad day and remember they may be the one having a good day. That's so important. Yep. and So many people miss that. Give the grace to the person today that you will need tomorrow. Number, Understand this. Number one, the problem that you have is not bigger than the place that you're going to. So the church is on a way, is on a, the church is going to somewhere much bigger than the problem that you're facing right now. But if all you see is the problem, but you don't see the promise, come on somebody, mm-hmm. all right, now I'm preaching. There you go. If you don't see the promise and all you see is the problem, you get stuck on the problem and you never get to the promise. Mm-hmm. The third thing I'll tell you if you're working together with people is this, God will always use someone who comes against your grain to sharpen you. Mm. It's the principle in the book of Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. Yep. So God will use someone who is opposite of you to sharpen your character because opposites attract and then they attack. And the thing is, is that sometimes God will place someone next to you in leadership, someone that whose personality you don't like, or you see weaknesses in them. And, and what happens is, what what comes out of you when you see the weakness of others is more important than the weakness that you see in them. Mm. So if I see a weakness in you and I put attention to it, I need to, I can't be blind. I have to be aware. But at the same time, I've got to watch my attitude because my attitude determines my altitude. My attitude is what I'm in control of. Mm. Their attitude is what they're in control of. So, I'm going to hold on to a right attitude and say, Hold it. I don't like what you're doing. I don't appreciate what you're doing, but I'm going to watch myself because if things come out of me while I'm watching someone else do wrong, God might be showing something. God might be wanting to show me something about myself. Yeah. Because sometimes God uses the failures of others and the weakness of others to show you a weakness.
0: Wow. That's good. That's good. Well, Pastor Sergio, thank you. I mean, I feel like we could do a whole new podcast even on this because getting along, it it just seems like something that it's so basic, but it's, it's a fundamental of ministry. And you'd be surprised how many times things just go off. Because at, at the fundamentals, at the core, something as simple as getting along and respecting others, it's not its not respected in the place where it should be. But it's very true. People do not care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so, But this is the time for us right now. This is what we have. Pastor Serge, is there any last comments that you can share about leading through difficulty before we sign off today?
1: Yeah, remember this that God gives grace to the humble, Mm -hmm. but he resists the proud. So my final word to you would be this. You'll never lose if you take the humble seat and the humble posture. And in Mm -hmm. due time, God will raise you up. I have never seen God leave a person that takes the humble posture in the same position. God always will promote you. If you'll take the humble position, even though people aren't treating you right, your people are speaking negative about you take the humble posture, and in time, God will promote you. I believe that will help you become the leader you've been called to be.
0: There you go, leaders. Well, there you have it. Let's be the change that we want to see in our churches, in our small groups, in our homes. I believe that if you apply even one of the principles that you just heard today, I believe that your life is going to change for the better, that your influence is going to grow, and that you're going to be able to take steps further into the calling that god has for you again we want to thank you for joining us you know for this few minutes that we have and just talking about leadership and we want to hear from you as well Uh, make sure to follow us on social media and you can connect with us we'd love to connect with you hear from you just get to know you you can find us at sergiodelamora.com and again thank you so much um, for listening if you were blessed by this it, it it's a tremendous help. If you can share this on social media, make sure to rate it and like it. As always, we thank you. We love you. And we will see you next week at the Sergio Mora Leadership Podcast.